Good evening, everyone. Friends, our scriptures uh, have, uh, uh, at the very heart, uh, they speak about faithfulness. They speak about commitment. They speak about uh, covenant, um, God. With uh, not speak about love without sacrifice. And while I'm not very old, I'm not very young either. I have never known a love or heard anyone speak about love without the word sacrifice attached to it. It does not exist. So whenever you speak of love, marital love, love of God for people, people to God, you always, there is always sacrifice with this. Friends, in the first reading, we see Jeremiah's uh, commitment uh, to his God-given mission and uh, what that commitment and faithfulness would cost him. In the gospel, we see the faithfulness of Jesus, the Messiah, and the kind of faithfulness that is demanded of those who would call themselves disciples. Peter, recall, gladly received the revelation of Jesus as Messiah and Son of God, but he rejected the revelation of a suffering Messiah. In this, he represents the typical Christian caught between faith, fear, doubt, for whom the cross becomes a stumbling block. Jesus has some harsh words for Peter. What had Peter done to deserve such a reprimand from Jesus? Well, recall a few miles back on the journey, Peter, by the grace of God, recognized Jesus as the Messiah. And Jesus praised him and said, no one's told you this. this you didn't come to this on your own. My Father has given this to you. Remember, the Jewish people understood and expected the Messiah to be a king and a warrior uh, who would restore Israel to its former military greatness. And this is on the mind and heart of Peter, but this is not the mind of Jesus. He told the apostles that the Messiah would suffer and be, be put to death. This would be the will of God for Jesus. Not that God wanted the suffering of his son, but that is how it was going to unfold because of the consequences of the choices that people were going to make. And in spite of that, God would, through it, show the death of his love for us in and through the faithfulness and the love and commitment and sacrifice of his son. A faithfulness and love that would cost him the ultimate price. The idea of a suffering Messiah was completely unacceptable to Peter. So, out of concern for Jesus, <laughs> perhaps for himself, perhaps for his buddies, perhaps for the church that Jesus, it looked like he was building, he tried to stop Jesus. After all, being the disciple of a suffering Messiah was not a role uh, that would be welcomed or relished, and there was nothing to boast about in their time. Thus, Peter became a stumbling block. The word used in the Greek is scandalon, 
scandalon uh, it doesn't mean what we think. We hear the word scandal. Uh, that could be it, but scandalon is a rock uh, that fishermen knew that would take their nets down to the bottom, trapping it down there, if you will. It's a play on words. Last week, Jesus says, you are Peter the rock. And now he's using another word, scandalon. Now you're the rock that's trying to sink me. Friends, uh, recall Jesus in the garden. What does Satan try to do? He tries to get Jesus to not do the will of his father. Here we see that happening. Peter doesn't want, no, no, no. God forbid. You can, only, you can see it. God forbid that should happen to you and to us. That's not in the scriptures. Father added that. And even though Peter had a very important role to play in the plan of salvation, Jesus was prepared to lose his friendship with him rather than to allow him to deflect him from the will of the Father, from the mission given. Jeremiah to be perfectly honest in reading the book of Jeremiah, did not really know what he was getting himself into when he agreed to become the prophet for God. And it was only a God's continual persistence about it that Jeremiah would do this. And we hear a part of that. You duped me. <laughs> Better were we bamboozled. You bamboozled me, <laughs> Lord. <laughs> Why do I bring that up? Well, because we read in Jeremiah, but also because uh, to avoid this for his disciples, Jesus is letting them know in advance. God didn't tell Jeremiah in advance, oh, by the way, they're going to throw you in the sewer. <laughs> we would notice the sewer. <laughs> they're going to throw you in there and leave you there. And God let them. <laughs> That's what the movie in my head, God lets them. Oh, go ahead, put them in there. I'll get them out. <laughs> what was the saint who said, Oh, Lord, see, that's why you don't have too many friends. Look how you treat them. <laughs> Jesus lets his disciples know in advance so they couldn't make the claim that Jeremiah would. You duped me. Peter could not say, Jesus, you duped me. No. When Jesus set out on the road to Jerusalem, he did not know, uh, he did know the full consequences of the decision that he had made. This makes the sacrifice of Jesus Christ all the more potent, all the more greater, all the more deeper in love. But remember, and Jesus did not find it easy on the contrary, Jesus underwent terrible agony in the garden and even asked his father, Father, could it be another way for me? No. Jesus remained faithful. Jeremiah underwent a 
struggle also <laughs> at the same level as Jesus. He was so overwhelmed by the demands of his task that he wanted to pack it all up. As a matter of fact, one reason to it, uh, almost hints of suicide. It would be better that I was not born. It would be better that I was dead. His cry would find an echo in the heart of anyone who serves God. My friends, it is never easy to bear witness in the face of indifference and persecution and hostility. Only a profound conviction in faith can hold one to the task. But it's comforting to know that even Jeremiah and Peter could contemplate opting out. This is a struggle which we all experience in some shape or form at some point on our path of discipleship. There are things which we do not like doing, but which we know we have to do if we want to be faithful and committed to our responsibilities and obligations. Sacrifice is not an easy road. And Jesus asks of his followers commitment always, not once in a while, not when it's convenient, but always. For the committed Christian, sacrifice and suffering is not a likelihood, it is a certainty. Being a disciple is very, very serious business. It always has been. It was in Jesus' time. It was in the very beginning days of the church. It is now. Yet this does not mean that suffering is something that we Christians seek out. Jesus did not seek suffering. He actually he came to heal it. And Gethsemane makes that clear in the conversation he has with his father. Sacrifice and holy suffering will inevitably be a part of our Christian discipleship. As it was part of Jesus' life, as it was part of every disciple that followed. Love. Love is the only thing that makes a sacrifice easier. Easier to bear. Easier to understand. Love enables us to turn the cross from a stumbling block into a stepping stone. What Jesus did was an expression of his love for his Father, yes. For his friends, yes. For you, yes. Jesus, with his grace, supports all those who will follow him down this narrow road of sacrifice. But he will also share his glory. He will share everlasting life. My friends, I bring all this up because um, in our time, um, and since the time of Peter and Paul, and um, the church has been an extension of Christ's own love. At least it's supposed to be. And so the church, out of love and with love, must teach God's truth no matter what. 
It cannot hide, nor can it change its tune according to what is popular and fashionable of each epoch. The Holy Father, with the bishops, must continue to teach the truths of Jesus Christ. Right moralities, right ethics, to a world and to a society that does not like it. And when the church teaches such objective, such as the immorality of human cloning, the immorality of capital punishment, the immorality of abortion, the immorality of euthanasia, and other things the church is often called bigoted, closed-minded, archaic, and irrelevant. And this happens not only by those outside of the church, but happens by some of her own members who call themselves Catholic. And despite persecutions from the beginning, the church is to love above all things, love. To love all of God's people. And she is not to pretend that destructive moral, moral choices are not that. To call it what it is, those are destructive things. The church also insists and teaches more truths that never make the headlines of the national news such as the great love of Jesus Christ for the world, the love of God for all of his creation, for all of his people, the necessity of a personal relationship with Christ, the necessity of prayer, the responsibility of every human, and certainly responsibility of every Christian to assist the poor, Tend to the sick, avoid gossip, practice self-control, work for true and lasting peace and justice, and to treat people and the earth with respect. But that doesn't make the news. That doesn't sell. <laughs> now, friends, Christ is coming again. And to those who courageously follow him, Embrace his ways. Embrace his truths and trust in him. He will give many graces and blessings. He will give eternal life. His disciples must share now in his sufferings and his sacrifice, but they will share his glory when he comes. Amen. My friends, uh, we saw the scriptures, um, Jeremiah, all the prophets, uh, in the most difficult of times, stuck to God and preached his truth, always with love. And uh, Christ came and did the very same thing, and he demands this now of all of his disciples. He demands this of you, that you speak the truth and live by it and do so with love to a world that was starving as it was starving back in Jeremiah's time and starving when Jesus came and walked on the earth. And now it's for us, with his grace, to do the same thing. Even in the midst of a pandemic, 
even in the midst of political chaos, we are to breathe and then to speak peace. We are to be an anchor uh, for uh, a country. We must do this, and we can because we have the example of many, many great holy men and women before us who have done it with God's grace. So that means you can too. I'm not about Jesus. If I, I always hold Jesus up, but if I hold Jesus up, you know, that's the son of God, Father, that's not fair. Okay, then Jeremiah and Moses and Peter, which we see Peter wobble back and forth. <laughs> Paul, all the disciples. So uh, let them, with God's grace, let you be the disciple that's necessary now. He raises saints in each time period. You be that saint for him, for this world. Huh?